<laughs> hey, good girls. Welcome to Between the Sheets, a podcast about books, sex, relationships, and occasionally our messy personal lives. I'm your host, Kels. And I'm your host, Denise. So grab a drink and get in bed, you dirty little sluts. Welcome back, good girls. Hope your week is going well. We have had such a fun week recently. We both went on vacation because these boss-ass girls really needed a break. Kels, where did you go? What did you get up to? So I went to Asheville, North Carolina, and then I went to Tennessee for a work thing. So Tennessee was less fun, but I would move there instantly. It has everything I like, hiking, beer, good food. It's in the middle of nowhere, so I don't have to talk to anybody. Yeah, so it was really fun. What about you? Where did you go? I went to Montauk. It was fabulous. I literally want to move there. I'm not even kidding. Like the dream now in my life is to get a beachfront house in Montauk and live my best beachy life. It was so, so fun. I went for my birthday. We stayed at this super schmancy fancy place, you know, got to manifest your life for the future. And it was just amazing. We ate so much seafood and had a blast. I thought it was interesting, the dynamic of me being in the middle of the woods and you riding on the beach. And it was like both of our vibes kind of meshing together while we were working on this book, because although we took a vacation, we were still working the entire time. (laughs) Working on the book in our dream settings was honestly such a privilege and a dream come true. I'm so glad that we kind of announced the book and then took a little trip and now we are back to it. We are back to plowing through water under the bridge. Did you get plowed on your trip a lot or? We'll save that conversation for later. (laughs) Yes. What was your favorite thing that you did on your trip? So what did you do on your actual birthday? So we went to a restaurant and unfortunately had the worst meal of the entire trip. For those of you who are interested in taking advice from goop.com on your travel, do not. I would have never guessed to take advice from goop. I usually use Google, but uh, you know, maybe goop is the new Google. I don't know. It used to be because... I wanted to have a really bougie vacation. And so Goop is usually the place where you go for very bougie things, but it just wasn't my favorite meal, unfortunately. We did eat a lot of incredible lobster rolls and crabs and mussels and oysters, and uh, my body still reeks of fish. While you're reeking of fish, I literally reek of beer still. I feel like I'm (laughs) sweating it out of my pores. I did my first workout this morning since my trip, and I was like, I feel so disassociated from my body right now. I don't even know. I was like touching my arm, I'm like, is this really my arm? I don't know. I feel like that happens every time I go on vacation. I get not only do I feel kind of like a roly poly coming home, but then I feel so depressed. Depression blues from vacation is so real. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel the depression blues setting in because when you go to a place you want to be in full time, it's so hard to return to your normal life where you're staring at a screen all the time in your little, you know, apartment or house inside of of these cramped walls when you could be adventuring outside. I actually also surfed for the first time in my life. I'm a surfer girl now. Are you good at it? I could have been better if I was more brave. Like I rode one wave, the second I would get up onto the board, I kept forcing myself off of it because I didn't know what to do. So the getting up, which apparently is the hardest part for a lot of people, was quite easy for me. No, no meaning to brag here. Um, (laughs) She's not like other girls, girlies. She's not like other girls. (laughs) I rode the one wave and it was so fun. We actually are thinking about getting some trial boards to take to the beach with us this summer. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I've always wanted to learn to surf. Well, now you can. I'm a surfer girl. I'll teach you. Every time I tell people I'm from California, 
California, they're like, oh, so you surf. That's not quite what that means. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Also, the beaches in Northern California are fucking cold. You have to wear a wetsuit to go swimming in them. So no, I never learned how to surf. But that's that's dope. Yeah, it was really fun. I actually did wear a wetsuit when we went into the ocean and I had never worn a wetsuit before. Um, I definitely had my little gimp moment there. It was very, very suffocating and weird. But I usually don't go swimming in the ocean in the Northeast until late August and I was able to get in the water no problem it was actually really nice isn't the wetsuit it really humbles you when you're putting it on because you literally are like a little sausage casing that you're and then you waddle around and they never fit me right because I I've always borrowed them but they literally suck it's really embarrassing I actually had to have the instructor and my boyfriend pull it over my legs like (laughs) it was really embarrassing (laughs) what an ass do (laughs) that's so funny I went white river water rafting which was very fun but the first time I went it was super scary because we went on class four there's five classes of rapids right and so they took us on class four class five as a beginner and so I was a little worried about this time because I was like okay um I don't know it's gonna be fun but whatever and they took us on like class two class three it was chill our guide was like having us flip around it was really fun there's only six people on the boat whereas the last time it was like 20 people and Whoa. I swear I was gonna die but I just... always wanted to go but I had one experience that wasn't quite river rafting but yeah so you're on a tube and you're being pulled through the ocean and that one experience has scarred me for life that I'm terrified anytime I will go white river rafting this whatever happened to me on the tube will happen to me on the raft what was the craziest thing you did did you stay up late what like I want to I want to hear some gossip I feel like we're like yeah we went surfing and white rod rafting what the fuck did you get tipsy did you roll around on the beach like I pretty much drank the entire time I was there <laughs> high noons, pineapple high noons only I was so not pineapple high noons I mean yes I'm gonna lie if I say it wasn't just pineapple high noons there was definitely a lot of pineapple high noons present <laughs> but as we sat poolside I ordered my favorite drink which is like a riff on a Moscow mule I love me some vodka ginger lime maybe some vodka cucumber drinks because I like to feel like a spa I don't know why the most dramatic gossipy thing that happened is the fact that I, an amateur who should not have allowed this to happen, completely burnt my flesh <laughs> to a crisp. I have been shedding skin for the past week. It is just falling out of my shirt as I'm sitting here. I'm not exaggerating when I say my literal boobies are now in a different texture. You're really a snake now. I'm a snake. snake. She's shedding. This is going to be her final form. Literally, I'm like, this is how you welcome a new year is by shedding your old skin. Wear sunscreen, guys. Yeah, seriously, please. I don't know what I was thinking. But the one thing that did bug me on my trip was we stayed at what was essentially a four-star, like, beachfront resort. And there were a few things that really did not qualify the place as a four-star. The service was (laughs) god-awful. Everyone was so fucking rude. But the actual amenities and the place that we stayed at was gorgeous, like just out of this world stunning. But there was something that they kept pushing throughout the entire experience we were there. They were very focused on being this spiritually enriching resort, which meant that they had no television in any of their rooms. Mm. 
fine. I don't need a television. I stare at a television at home all day anyway. But as we're walking on the beach one night, witnessing the strawberry moon, by the way, which was very cool. It happens once a year in June. Um, we look up at one of the suites, which there was only two of, and we look inside and what we see hanging in the living room is a massive flat screen. <laughs> so what you're saying is yours broke and they didn't want to tell you that. So they're like, disconnect from the world. They were like, if you pay 300 more dollars, you get a flat screen in your room. I, it was just so ridiculous. We felt so betrayed in that moment. But otherwise, 10 out of 10 trip. Love Montauk. If you haven't been, go. I'm literally bringing you with me. I know. I can't wait to go. I literally love the beach. I would live at the beach and I would live in the forest. I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted at this. <laughs> but the only thing I hated about the cabin is I have lived in very remote places before and I always forget that in these remote places come bugs and we had to and my husband won't kill bugs and I am a wimp in this sense where I won't also kill bugs. We were clearing out bugs like seven times a day. Ew. Like crickets moths spiders at one point i was taking a shower with seven spiders and i was like where is this romance we need to write a spider romance at this point <laughs> a reverse harem daddy long legs what else is long sir but yeah it was it was a good week i am ready to be there but there's nothing like sleeping in your own bed so i am happy to be home happy to be working let's dive into today's topic we have finally convinced her that she needs to read haunting adeline you guys this is voted fucked up on the poll katie between the sheets on instagram and you guys voted 211 of you are team kels and i just i want to thank you guys for your service for your voting and now she gets to meet Zade, how 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 are you feeling? I'm terrified. The amounts of mixed bag messages I have received about the series is concerning me. Also, so many people send me good luck messages. The good luck messages are definitely making me tremble in my underpants. And my favorite messages have involved people saying that, oh, it's not that scary. But after flipping to the third page of the paperback copy, I came across a giant warning label. So I am definitely trembling and very um, he hesitant to meet Zay. <laughs> I can't say I'm excited. I'm actually afraid. I think I'm more excited than you are. And I think everybody who's saying it's not scary are dark romance readers who are just so immune to the craziness that we read that we're like, Zay, it's actually not that bad. But when I read him back in October, I was questioning my morals. So... It is scary for someone who reads rom-coms all the time. Now, I feel like after reading the second book, Hunting Adeline, I literally feel like nothing can faze me because that book was not, that book was more traumatic. So I won't make you read that one, but the first one I'm excited to reread and kind of dive back into the world of Zayd. I can't wait to see what you think, although I feel like you're going to shit on it and then I'm going to have to fight you, so. I'm not going to shit on it. Look, I have read dark romance in the past and I do enjoy it. I have read serial killer romances. I have read a stalker romance. Like, I understand the appeal and I understand the dynamics. What's scaring me is the fact that this is meant to be scary. Like it's a haunted house, which already is a massive no for me. I am I do not like being afraid. So the idea of this spookiness uh, inherently there 
outside of him being a serial killer and a stalker just freaks me out a little bit. It's going to be fun. I will hold your hand <laughs> the entire time. You can call me in the middle of the night when you're scared. Although I feel like you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you're going to be like, where are my roses? Hello. <laughs> Which you'll get three chapters into that book. Okay. Okay, well, I'm excited for her to start, so go wish her luck on her Instagram. But now let's dive into our topic for today, which we are doing the bare minimum. These are some of the things that our favorite book boyfriends, your favorite book boyfriends do that would actually be the bare minimum in real life. And as much as we love these moments and these special touches in our romance reads, in reality, we need a little check because some of this stuff you should expect it is the absolute lowest bar of male achievement. Yeah, everybody is saying that romance books set such high expectations for women to expect out of their partner. But there are some things that are laughable when men are like, oh, that, that takes so much effort. When in reality, if these book boys can do it, so can your partner. Although I actually had a really hard time coming up with these because I haven't read very romantic scenes in a while. I have high expectations. And so if mine are a little outlandish, it's because I have really high standards and that's fine with me. <laughs> I just like to provide a reality check for everyone who's like, oh my God, he joined her on her daily run. Yeah, bitch. He should. He should. Literally. <laughs> Let's dive into the most important one. And we talk about this one pretty frequently. I, this is the hill that I will die on. Making her come. This is just an inherent given in any relationship. If you are not being satisfied by your partner, um, the bare minimum standard of fulfillment is not being met. Yes. And if he can't make you come the first couple times, don't feel weird about it. You, it, it has to be clear communication. And so if you're not communicating what feels good or what you like, then he's not going to be able to make you come. It shouldn't be his job, but it should be his job to learn what you like and do that for you. So exactly. That you're if getting you're, pleasure. <laughs> exactly. We want to make sure that you are satisfied in your relationship and you are prioritizing your own self-pleasure, however you want to experience that with your partner. I feel like one to add, which I haven't found in a lot of books, is the cleanup. If they come all over you, they should be able to clean it up. Because if you are sitting there like a, a wet fish, <laughs> if you're sitting there like a wet fish waiting to be fried on a platter, then <laughs> your fisherman failed at his job. We need to have more coffee, obviously. We are doing this one sober as well. But let's start off with one of my favorite scenes in a book is when Knox from Juniper Hill makes a stressed out single mom a fresh lunch, like throws her lunch in the trash and was like, girl, stop eating that nasty blue box Kraft mac and cheese, even though I eat it on a semi-regular basis. And let me make you some real mac and cheese. He doesn't have to make you real mac and cheese, but he could at least make you the box mac and cheese, right? What bothers me about this scene, as much as I adore Knox and Juniper Hill is literally my all-time favorite book. Restaurants host family meal, and this woman who is living above his garage is so stressed, has so much on her plate, and doesn't get to join them for family meal, so... The fact that he even offers her the lunch seems just like a given in the workplace. I would hope that any man who's falling in love with a woman and sees that she's in a place of being overwhelmed 
will feed her. Yes, I agree. When my husband and I first started dating, he used to work at a restaurant and then he used to bring me lunch every day and literally was like, he got free lunch. So he could literally make me lunch and bring it to me. And it was literally the bare minimum. And, you know, the way to my heart is through food. Bare minimum, guys. Bare minimum. Make sure he feeds you. Feed each other, guys. Sustenance is important. We will go into another Dev Perry favorite, Isaiah from Riven Knight. In this book, they are in an arranged marriage and they both already have feelings for each other. And in the book, the main character gets sick and he takes care of his sick fake fiance because they're living in like a studio apartment and well, she can't even get herself medicine. Again, the absolute bare minimum. Taking care of your partner or your partner taking care of you when you're not feeling well is not a privilege. It is not something that you should beg for. It is the bare minimum. They also shouldn't make you feel bad that you're sick and they have to take care of you. So if they don't usually do the dishes and now they're having to do the dishes or whatever the fuck it is and they're complaining about it, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Seriously. It's insane to me that there would ever be an objection to taking care of your sick partner. You have to love them. Why would you want your partner to suffer and then also have your household suffer as well? Okay, the only time I have ever done this, and you can, yeah, I mean, I can be a bad wife. I don't care. I'm. I always call myself a decent wife because I. I'm not gonna read the. I'm not going to reach the standard that society has met for me. So I always call myself a decent wife. But when my husband brought home COVID after he traveled and I hadn't left the house for two weeks, and then I got COVID for not leaving the house, I was very bitchy for taking care of him because I was like, I didn't even leave the fucking house and I got COVID. So that's the only excuse. If your husband goes on. A work trip and he brings you back a fucking disease. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully dis- not a con- an ST disease. Because <laughs> that would be a different type of work trip. <laughs> and a way different type of conversation to be had. That is no longer the bare minimum. That is a massive red flag. Run, ladies, run. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Okay, so the other one that I was thinking is from Sinner by Sierra Simone with Sean Bell. He buys Denny new sheets because she can't sleep on his sheets with her hair and if there's something part of your maintenance routine he should accommodate you but I know you had an issue with this a little bit because he bought satin when he is a millionaire so he could have bought silk exactly I understand the preference for satin some people might find the material to be more cooler but the entire time we're meeting Sean he is flaunting his wealth like crazy and I just wanted him to decorate his entire bed in custom delicious silk for Zenny. I believe that she deserved silk. Silk, satin, whatever her preference is. She could have gotten silk and she could have said nah I think I liked satin. I hope if they're still together, she's sleeping on those silk sheets. Me too. There is a book called A Chance for Us by Corin Michaels. It's a small town romance. It's so fun. It's another arranged marriage, which, as you can tell, I am a huge fan of. And the mo- love interest named Oliver uh, helps his fake fiance zip up her dress, which she is so afraid to ask him. But they have to go to this event and her zipper stuck and he helps her. And it's this very touching moment. And I even remember making a video about it. But to me, it's laughable 
laughable. It is the simplest act of support and help that someone can provide, literally just lifting their arm into the air to help close the zipper, that it felt like such a bare minimum move that I don't know why it was so over-romanticized. It's because I think that men don't automatically do it. So if it's something that they have to be asked and they don't make a complaint about it, you're like, ooh. Now, if they can help you unzip the dress, they can help you zip it up, right? (laughs) That is correct. I just think of all the times I see like a loose button on my partner's shirt or a string and I immediately, without even thinking, like I'm always like, let me help fix your wardrobe for you because you can't notice it. So the fact that you even have to ask a man to do these things makes me feel a little irritated, but it's fine. Just That that kind of reminded (sighs) me of how much people simp over Reese from Akatar for picking the lint. Oh my god, yes. The man is dressed in black leathers all the time. He has an eye for lint. He lint rolls his body every single day before leaving his mansion. Like, the bare minimum, guys. Lint roll... Find yourself a man that lint rolls himself. (laughs) (laughs) Another one which is not really the bare minimum, but I find it kind of the bare minimum. There's a scene in Feel the Fire where Connor Cobalt annotates Rose's favorite book. And I'm not saying that your man has to annotate your favorite book, but he should be at least interested in what you're reading. If you are so obsessed with reading like we all are, they should at least want to sit down and have a conversation. The fact that he annotated goes another step beyond but it's literally I feel like it's the bare minimum to at least know what's going on inside of your books yeah I also think it's the bare minimum to simply just be interested in your partner's hobbies yeah it makes them happy you love your partner you want them to be happy why wouldn't you be interested in the things that make them happy complete bare minimum your significant other should take interest in the things that you like, especially reading, because there's so much in there that we can communicate into our real life. And so if you have a partner who's like, I would never read one of those books and is judgmental over your hobbies, uh, that is gross. Red flag. (laughs) Red flag. You know the boys in the books can get you off better than he can. On Dublin Street by Samantha Young has the love interest uh, defending the main character against her snotty ex. Again, if you have a partner who is experiencing distress from some asshole and you don't speak up to say something, I'm concerned. I am concerned. I'm all for women fighting their own battles, but also, where's that protective edge? You want to alpha male it up? Then alpha male it the fuck up. Okay, but don't. Not violently. Peacefully. Not violently. Even though not every violently. time I read in a book that a guy, like, knocked out a guy for another girl, I was like, <laughs> But in real life, I would literally... Don't do run. that. That is a red flag. Red flag. Okay, another one that I thought was kind of the bare minimum is in Spanish Love Deception, which, oh my god, is getting made into a movie. I'm super excited about it. Um, Aaron Blackford learns basic Spanish to meet Lena's family. And you would say, wow, this is so difficult. Duolingo is literally free. I'm not saying you need to learn Spanish, but you can learn basic phrases that, hola, como estas? Like simple things that are gonna help you kind of make that connection to impress her family and impress her. But I think that's kind of the bare minimum. If your partner speaks another language, you can learn simple phrases. Having a partner that wants to connect with your birth culture and learn more about your background that's outside of just like, being an American and being what is considered the Western cultural norm, I think it makes such an impact, even if they don't have a tinge for languages, like maybe even trying your favorite cultural meals or just hearing stories about the fact that life outside of the US is different 
and being interested in it or wanting to travel to the place that you're from to connect with you outside of the surface level of your personality and your character is a partner who knows not to just live life on the bare minimum scale. Yes. And I think language drives a huge part of culture and it really is a part of who you are if your native language or if a second language that you spoke growing up in your household, it, it is a huge part of culture. And I think that it is weird when people don't want to learn a little bit about it. Like I'm saying, you don't need to become fluent or you don't need to know how to cook their favorite meals, but just being interested and open and trying to learn literally the bare minimum. <laughs> and what we're saying truly is the pillars of what a healthy relationship is. It's curiosity, it's appreciation, it's respect for who your partner is as a whole, not just what they can provide for you. And so if you can remember their coffee order or make them a meal when they're really stressed, you're then you can go ahead and take that small, tiny extra step that comes with loving your partner and getting to know more about them and constantly remaining on the edge of your seat about the things that they have to say. And of course, we have some very, very important bare minimums that some of our other favorite book boyfriends have done. Um, mine is Miko from Stolen Air. He destroys the arm of the dance instructor who turned down Nessa's performance or audition or something. And I'm sorry, but if your partner is not completely harassing and destroying your enemies and the people who prevent you from succeeding, um, then I don't even know why you're with them. <laughs> oh, man, I know. I literally, what was easier for me to do was list all the things that I was like, I like this in a book boy. One of them, for example, is when Tyler Bell from Priest leaves the priesthood for Poppy. Like, bare minimum, dude. As like, he should. Who cares about your aspirations? This is about me. <laughs> We're obviously joking, but there are just so many examples. Another one is like Zayd from Haunting Adeline. I know this is extreme because he leaves her roses, which you're going to see soon, Denise. The amount of times where people have come up to me and said, oh my god, my man bought me flowers because we got in a fight. And then they associate the buying of flowers with every time he's in trouble, he buys you flowers because he thinks it's going to make you happy. No, he should be buying you flowers or whatever you like, coffee, plants, books. When, I mean, if he doesn't have money, fine, but he can make the little things. Picking you flowers is free. He could rip out pages from books. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, <laughs> he could take you to the library. He could make you paper roses. <laughs> Anything is possible when someone is committed to you. You're so right to believing that when we ask our partners for something and they simply refuse to do it because they think it's a lot of work or it's just out of the way. I, I feel like that's such a red flag, but women are just conditioned to accept it. Like, haha, that's just how he is. That's just how men are. Uh, they don't think of these things like we do, but that's such a fucking lie. If he can learn what Bitcoin is, he can learn how to flick the clit right, okay? <laughs> exactly. The bare minimum, ladies, the bare minimum. So we are going to end this episode with another round of if he's a blank, then he's a blank. We have been playing this game on our Instagram, Katie Between the Sheets, and our poppin' Twitter, Katie in the Sheets. If you're not following us there, are you even a good girl? Because uh, we'll see you over there on the Twitter if you are. For those that still are having a hard time understanding this game, and I, I get it, guys. Things on the internet are complicated sometimes. We say a number. We say a rating. Someone is a 10, making them either super attractive or just what in your mind will be rated a 10 out of 10. But then we either give an ick 
or something that is technically the bare minimum. And we go ahead and change their rating based on whatever follows the number. So we will both give each other a few. Okay, I'm going to start. So he's a three, but he wakes you up every morning with head. (laughs) Every morning, though. Every morning. Every morning? Like a four. That's a lot, dude. That's like, that's a swamp. I know. I almost (laughs) put like he's a 10 and he does that every morning. And I'm like, yo, think about when you're on your period and you're just like. Oh, I didn't even go there. Castile? (laughs) Castile, you're a four, dude. Um, Okay. I love that you started with that number because for me, for you, he's a three, but he builds you a custom toy. Oh, I would say a six. Oh, okay. Yeah, because at least he went through. It's the effort that counts, guys. It's the bare minimum, everybody. It's the bare minimum. He's a perfect 10. Everything you want out of your life. Perfect and compatible in every single way. But he never brings you coffee. (laughs) That's, That's like a seven. Seven. You can make That's your own coffee if he's... I can make my own coffee, but it's... it's My love language is acts of services. So if he's not bringing me coffee, he's not fulfilling my love language, and that makes him a seven. I think it's funny because both of us, we will be sitting working, and then we'll be like, hey, can you go get us water? And both of our guys come over and bring us water, and I'm like, bare minimum, keep me hydrated. <laughs> Seriously, I'm trying to girl boss here. I need caffeine, I need water. And, and for our significant others who are listening to the podcast, which ladies, they do because this is the bare minimum supporting your partner in their ventures uh thank you for all the times you keep us hydrated i was gonna say something okay go say something dirty kels (laughs) i feel like my brain is always automatically like how do i make this dirty He is a nine. And for this one, I need you to just let go of some of your assumptions about things. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is a nine, but he names your daughter after his first love and doesn't tell you. <laughs> now, this isn't a world where... I want kids. You want a daughter. I think he would have to be a seven. And oh, that's high. The reason why it's so high is because what if his first love died and, you know, he just wanted a way to remember her. Also, you're married and you already have a kid together. So it's fucked up and I would be extremely upset. But at what point do you leave the relationship? And over a name, I feel like that's hella petty and I would probably be mad for years. But I would just try to like rework my mind frame. Still a seven though. It's pretty high. Yeah. I mean, what would you do? Immediate betrayal. Immediate betrayal. Yeah. (laughs) So this is actually from a TikTok where someone was like, I find it so romantic that my dad named me after my first love and never told my mom. And he always talks about his first love to me. And I was just horrified that he named his daughter the name of his first love because he aspired his daughter to grow up to be the woman that his first love did. Okay, then. Homie, who the fuck are you married to? That's a zero. (laughs) No, like, when you put it in that context, no. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe, like, she died and he wanted to, like, commiserate her, whatever, but... mm. It's only okay if she's dead. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And if she's not, well... That's fucking weird. He's a seven, but he only likes to be called good girl. (laughs) Like, you're in bed and he's like, call me daddy. He's like, call me good girl. (laughs) But can I call him his name? Like, does he just want to be referred to as good girl all the time? He can only come if you call him good girl. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I don't... It's a three. (laughs) That's hard for me. I'm the good girl. 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't praise you. He just wants you to praise him and call him good girl. No, two, five. No, negative five. <laughs> He's a one, but he gives you his credit card the second you want something. I'm going to go with an eight. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, because if he's a one, I feel like I could get him to at least like a four with his credit card. I could take mm-hmm. him and shop him and maybe, you know, plastic surgery him up. <laughs> and or I just would never have to talk to him. He's like a sugar daddy. So yeah, as long as he buys me things, I can. What did I say? An eight? I think in this specific instance, if he's a one and he gives you a credit card the second you want something, you just want to get away from him. And so you take his credit card and run. And that makes him an automatic 10. Um. (laughs) Exactly. Because then it's just money. Then he's just money with a... (laughs) With a one. (laughs) Yeah, with a one. Okay, last one. It might confuse people, but I don't care. The book is a perfect 10. But the only word they use for dick is schlong. (laughs) My schlong twitch. We got schlong twitching in the bitch now. Oh my god. It's an eight. It's an eight. What is it for you? Schlong? I can I can probably survive that. I think it would be an eight if I wasn't listening to an audiobook. Yes, yes. If it's an audiobook, it's a it's a negative eight. But and if, it, it depends if I'm reading it. And it depends on how much it's used. Like if it's other every other page I would DNF it so quick. Yeah. But, but then it's, it's not like, a perfect 10. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Okay, I love that for the last one you took out the number, because so did I. Um, he is Zayd from Haunting, uh, but he secretly listens to Joe Rogan. What? <laughs> Fuck, you always give him, like, last time you made him mean to service workers, you're really dwindling my love for Zayd. He's meant to be evil. I would give him, I would give him an eight, because I would hope that he's listening ironically. An eight? On a scale of one to Zayd, he's an eight for Joe Rogan. What is the scale? He's a million in my book. Okay. If he listened to it unironically, <laughs> if he if he made me listen to it or he talked to me about it, it would be an instant zero. His form of pleasure is having you sit down and listen to it with him. Yeah, we're not compatible then. <laughs> Or I would just have to drastically be very intoxicated the entire time, which (laughs) I'm not looking to do anytime soon. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining our Bare Minimum episode. We hope that we were able to give you more than the Bare Minimum Good Girls. If you guys haven't already, make sure to pre-order our book, Water Under the Bridge, out on Amazon for pre-order. Remember to follow us on Katie Between the Sheets on Instagram for any upcoming updates. We do have some very exciting stuff coming soon. So for those listening to the podcast, you will be the first to know. And follow us on Twitter on Katie in the Sheets. Love you guys. Love you, you dirty little sluts. Bye. (laughs)